Runo forty two of Kalevala, the Land of the Heroes, by Elias Lunrot, translated by William Forsell Kirby, eighteen forty four to nineteen twelve. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Runo forty two. The Capture of the Sampo. Argument. The heroes arrive at Poyola, and Vainamoinen announces that he has come to take possession of the Sampo, either with good will or by force. The mistress of Poyola refuses to yield it either by consent or by compulsion, and calls together her people to oppose him. Vainamoinen takes the kantala, begins to play, and lulls to sleep all the people of Poyola, and goes with his companions to search for the Sampo. They take it from the stone mountain and convey it to the boat. They sail homewards well satisfied, carrying the Sampo with them. On the third day, the mistress of Poyola wakes from her sleep, and when she finds that the Sampo has been carried off, she prepares a thick fog, a strong wind, and other impediments to oppose the robbers of the Sampo, which reach the vessel, and during the tempest, Vainamoinen's Kantala falls into the water. Vainamoinen, old and steadfast, secondly, Smith Ilmarinen, third, the lively son of Lempi. He, the handsome Kaukomili, sailed upon the lake's broad surface, o'er the far-extending billows, to the cold and dreary village, to the misty land of Poya, to the land where men are eaten, where they even drown the heroes. Who should row the vessel onward? First, the smith named Ilmarinen, he it was who rowed the vessel. He was first among the rowers, and the lively Lemminkainen was the last among the rowers. Vainamoinen, old and steadfast, in the stern himself was seated, and he steered the vessel onward through the waves he steered it onward, through the foaming waves he steered it, steered it o'er the foam-capped billows, unto Poya's distant haven, to his well-known destination. When they reached the goal they sought for, and the voyage at length was ended, to the land they drew the vessel, up they drew the tarry vessel, laid it on the steely rollers, at the quay with copper edging. After this the house they entered, crowding hastily within it, then did Poyola's old mistress ask the purport of their coming. Men, what tidings do you bring us? What fresh news, O heroes, bring you? Vainamoinen, old and steadfast, answered in the words which follow. Men are speaking of the Sampo, heroes of its pictured cover. We have come to share the Sampo, and behold its pictured cover. Then did Poyola's old mistress answer in the words which follow. Two men cannot share a grousling, nor can three divide a squirrel. And the Sampo loud is whirring, and the pictured cover grinding, here in Poyola's stone mountain and within the hill of copper i myself rejoice in welfare mistress of the mighty sampo Vainamoinen, old and steadfast answered in the words which follow if you will not share the sampo give us half to carry with us then the sampo all entire to our vessel will we carry lohi poyola's old mistress heard him with the greatest anger called together all her people summoned all her youthful swordsmen bade them all to aim their weapons at the head of Vainamoinen. Vainamoinen, old and steadfast, took the kantala and played it. Down he sat and played upon it, and began a tune delightful. 
all who listened to his playing heard it with delight and wonder and the men were all delighted and the women's mouths were laughing tears from heroes eyes were falling boys upon the ground were kneeling at the last their strength forsook them and the people all were wearied all the listeners sank in slumber on the ground sank all beholders slept the old and slept the youthful all at Vinamoinen's playing then the crafty Vinamoinen, he the great primeval minstrel put his hand into his pocket and he drew his purse from out it and sleep needles took he from it and their eyes he plunged in slumber and their eyelashes crossed tightly locked their eyelids close together sank the people all in slumber into sleep he plunged the heroes and they sank in lasting slumber and he plunged in lasting slumber all the host of poya's people all the people of the village then he went to fetch the sampo and behold its pictured cover there in poyola's stone mountain and within the hill of copper nine the locks that there secured it bars secured it ten in number then the aged Vinamoinen gently set himself to singing at the copper mountain's entrance there beside the stony fortress and the castle doors were shaken and the iron hinges trembled thereupon smith ilmarinen aided by the other heroes overspread the locks with butter and with bacon rubbed the hinges that the doors should make no jarring and the hinges make no creaking then the locks he turned with fingers and the bars and bolts he lifted and he broke the locks to pieces and the mighty doors were opened then the aged Vinamoinen spoke aloud the words which follow o thou lively son of lempi of my friends the most illustrious come thou here to take the sampo and to seize the pictured cover then the lively lemminkainen he the handsome kaukomili always eager though unbidden ready though men did not praise him came to carry off the sampo and to seize the pictured cover and he said as he was coming boasted as he hastened forward oh i am a man of metal and a hero son of ukko i can surely move the sampo and can seize its pictured cover standing on my right foot only if i touch it with my shoe-heel lemminkainen pushed against it turned himself and pushed against it pushed his arms and breast against it on the ground his knees down pressing but he could not move the sampo could not stir the pictured cover for the roots were rooted firmly in the depths nine fathoms under there was then a bull in poya which had grown to size enormous and his sides were sleek and fattened and his sinews of the strongest horns he had in length a fathom one half more his muzzle's thickness so they led him from the meadow on the borders of the ploughed field up they ploughed the roots of sampo those which fixed the pictured cover then began to move the sampo and to sway the pictured cover then the aged Vinamoinen, secondly smith ilmarinen third the lively lemminkainen carried forth the mighty sampo forth from pohjola's stone mountain from within the hill of copper to the boat away they bore it and within the ship they stowed it in the boat they stowed the sampo in the hold the pictured cover pushed the boat into the water in the waves the hundred boarded splashed the boat into the water in the waves its sides descended 
asked the smiths at ilmarinen and he spoke the words which follow whither shall we bear the sampo whither now shall we convey it take it from this evil country from the wretched land of poya Vainamoinen, old and steadfast answered in the words which follow thither will we bear the sampo and will take the pictured cover to the misty island's headland at the end of shady island there in safety can we keep it there it can remain for ever there's a little spot remaining yet a little plot left over where they eat not and they fight not whither swordsmen never wander then the aged Vainamoinen steered away from poya's borders sailed away in great contentment joyous to his native country and he spoke the words which follow speed from pojala o vessel make thy way directly homeward leave behind the foreign country blow thou wind and sway the vessel urge the boat upon the water lend assistance to the rowers to the rudder give thou lightness on the wide expanse of water out upon the open water if the oars should be too little and too weak should be the oarsman in the stern too small the steerer and the vessel's master's children Ato, give thyself thy oars to the boat o water-master give the best and newest oars give us too a stronger rudder do thou seat thee at the oars do thou undertake the rowing speed thou on this wooden vessel urge the iron rowlock forward drive it through the foaming billows through the foam-capped billows drive it then the aged Vainamoinen steered the vessel swiftly forward while the smith named ilmarinen and the lively lemminkainen set themselves to work the oars and they rowed and speeded onward o'er the sparkling water's surface o'er the surface of the billows said the lively lemminkainen formerly when i was rowing there was water for the rowers there was singing for the minstrels but at present time when rowing nothing do we hear of singing in the boat we hear no singing on the waves we hear no chanting Vainamoinen, old and steadfast answered in the words which follow do not sing upon the waters do not chant upon the billows singing brings the boat to halting songs would but impede the rowing then would wane the golden daylight and the night descend upon us on the wide expanse of water on the surface of the billows then the lively lemminkainen answered in the words which follow anyway the time is passing fades away the lovely daylight and the night is swift approaching and the twilight comes upon us though no song our life enlivens nor the time is given to chanting steered the aged Vainamoinen o'er the blue lake's shining water and he steered one day a second and at length upon the third day then the lively lemminkainen for a second time inquired wherefore sing not Vainamoinen? o thou great one sing unto us for we have won the splendid sampo straight the course that now we follow Vainamoinen, old and steadfast gave him a decided answer tis too early yet for singing tis too early for rejoicing soon a time will come for singing fitting time for our rejoicing when we see our doors before us and we hear our own doors creaking said the lively lemminkainen in the stern i'll take position and with all my might will sing there and with all my force will bellow perhaps indeed i cannot do so loud enough i cannot bellow if you will not sing unto us then will i commence the singing then the lively lemminkainen he the handsome kaukomili 
quickly pursed his mouth for singing and prepared himself to carol and began to sing his carols but his songs were most discordant and his voice sounded hoarsely and his tones were most discordant sang the lively lemminkainen shouted loudly kaukomili moved his mouth his beard was wagging and his chin was likewise shaking far away was heard his singing far away across the water in six villages they heard it over seven the song resounded on a stump a crane was sitting on a mound from swamp arising and his toe-bones he was counting and his feet he was uplifting and was terrified extremely at the song of lemminkainen left the crane his strange employment with his harsh voice screamed in terror from his perch he flew in terror over pohjola in terror and upon his coming thither when he reached the swamp of poya screaming still and screaming harshly screaming at his very loudest waked in pohjola the people and aroused that evil nation uprose pohjola's old mistress from her long and heavy slumber and she hastened to the farmyard ran to where the corn was drying and she looked upon the cattle and the corn in haste examined naught was missing from the cattle and the corn had not been plundered to the hill of stone she wandered and the copper mountain's entrance and she said as she was coming woe to me this day unhappy for a stranger here has entered and the locks have all been opened and the castle's doors been opened and the iron hinges broken has the sampo perhaps been stolen and the whole been taken from us yes the sampo had been taken carried off the pictured cover forth from pohjola's stone mountain from within the hill of copper though by ninefold locks protected though ten bars protected likewise lohi pohjola's old mistress fell into the greatest fury but she felt her strength was failing and her power had all departed so she prayed to the cloud maiden maiden of the clouds mist maiden scatter from thy sieve the cloudlets and the mists around thee scatter send the thick clouds down from heaven sink thou from the air of vapour o'er the broad lake's shining surface out upon the open water on the head of Vinamoinen, falling on uvantolainen but if this is not sufficient iku torso son of aiju lift thy head from out the water raise thy head above the billows crush thou kaleva's vile children sink thou down uvantolainen sink thou down the wicked heroes in the depths beneath the billows bring to pohjola the sampo let it fall not from the vessel but if this is not sufficient ukko thou of gods the highest golden king in airy regions mighty one adorned with silver let the air be filled with tempest raise a mighty wind against them raise thou winds and waves against them with their boat contending ever falling on the head of vainu rushing on uvantolainen then the maid of clouds mist maiden from the lake a cloud breathed upward through the air the cloud she scattered and detained old Vinamoinen. and for three whole nights she kept him out upon the lake's blue surface and he could not move beyond it nor could he escape beyond it when for three nights he had rested out upon the lake's blue surface spoke the aged Vinamoinen and expressed himself in this wise there's no man how weak soever not among the laziest heroes who by clouds would thus be hindered and by mists would thus be worsted with his sword he clove the water in the lake his sword plunged deeply mead along his blade was flowing honey from his sword was dropping 
then the fog to heaven ascended and the cloud in air rose upward from the lake the mist ascended and the vapour from the lake waves and the lake extended widely wider spread the whole horizon but a little time passed over short the time that then passed over when they heard a mighty roaring at the red boat's side they heard it and the foam flew wildly upwards near the boat of Vinamoinen. thereupon smith ilmarinen felt the very greatest terror from his cheeks the blood departed from his cheeks the ruddy colour o'er his head he drew his felt cap and above his ears he drew it and his cheeks with care he covered and his eyes he covered better then the aged Vinamoinen looked into the water round him cast his gaze beside the vessel and he saw a little wonder ikuturso son of ayu by the red boat's side was lifting high his head from out the water raising it from out the billows Vinamoinen, old and steadfast grasped his ears upon the instant by his ears he dragged him upward and he sang aloud in question and he said the words which follow ikuturso son of ayu wherefore from the lake uplift thee wherefore rise above the lake waves thus thyself to men revealing even kaleva's own children ikuturso son of ayu was not pleased with this reception but he was not very frightened and no answer he returned him Vinamoinen, old and steadfast asked again an explanation and a third time asked him loudly ikuturso son of ayu wherefore from the lake uplift thee wherefore rise above the billows ikuturso son of ayu when for the third time he asked him answered in the words which follow therefore from the lake i raise me therefore rise above the billows for that in my mind i purpose kaleva's great race to ruin bear to pohyola the sampo in the waves if you will send me and my wretched life concede me not another time ascending in the sight of men i'll venture then the aged Vinamoinen cast the wretch into the billows and he said the words which follow ikuturso son of ayu nevermore from lake arising or ascending from the lake waves venture forth where men can see thee from this very day henceforward therefore from that day thenceforward never from the lake rose turso in the sight of men to venture long as sun and moon are shining or the pleasant day is dawning and the air is most delightful then the aged Vinamoinen once again steered on the vessel but a little time passed over short the time that then passed over when did ukko god the highest of the air the mighty ruler winds arouse in magic fury made the tempest rage around them then the winds arose in fury and the tempest raged around them and the west wind blew most fiercely from the southwest just as fiercely and the south wind still more fiercely and the east wind whistled loudly roared the southeast wind tremendous and the north wind howled in fury from the trees the leaves were scattered and the pine trees lost their needles and the heather lost its flowerets and the grasses lost their tassels and the black ooze was uplifted to the sparkling water's surface still the winds were wildly blowing and the waves assailed the vessel swept away the harp of pike-bone and the cantala of fish-fins joy for velamo's attendance and to atala a pleasure Otto on the waves perceived it 
on the waves his children saw it and they took the harp so charming and unto their home conveyed it then the aged Vinamoinen from his eyes wept tears of sadness and he spoke the words which follow thus has gone what i constructed and my cherished harp has vanished and is lost my lifelong pleasure never will it happen to me in the course of all my lifetime to rejoice again in pike teeth or to play on bones of fishes thereupon smith ilmarinen felt the very greatest sadness and he spoke the words which follow woe to me this day unhappy that upon the lake i travel on this wide expanse of water that i tread on wood that's rolling and on planks that shake beneath me now my hair has seen the tempest and my hair begins to shudder and my beard ill days has witnessed which it saw upon the water yet have we but seldom witnessed such a storm as rages round us witnessed such tremendous breakers or have seen such foam-capped billows let the wind be now my refuge and the waves have mercy on me Vinamoinen old and steadfast heard his words and thus responded in the boats no place for weeping room is none for lamentation weeping helps not in misfortune howling not when days are evil then he spoke the words which follow and he sang and thus expressed him water now restrain thy children and o wave do thou restrain them otto do thou calm the billows velamo o'ercome the waters that they splash not on our timbers nor may overwhelm my boat ribs rise o wind aloft to heaven and among the clouds disport thee to thy race where thou wast nurtured to thy family and kindred do not harm this wooden vessel sink thou not this boat of pine wood rather fell burnt trees in clearings on the slopes o'erthrow the pine trees then the lively lemminkainen he the handsome kaukomili spoke aloud the words which follow come o eagle thou from turia do thou bring three feathers with thee three o eagle two o raven to protect this little vessel to protect this bad boat's timber he himself enlarged the bulwarks fixed the timbers in their places and to these fresh boards he added and to fathom height he raised them higher than the waves were leaping nor upon his beard they splashed him all his work was now completed and the bulwarks raised protecting though the winds might blow most fiercely and the waves might beat in fury and the foam be wildly seething and like hillocks be uprising end of runo forty two recording by expatriate in bangor maine